Amen. I'm getting to the point where I'm going to be on easy street. Yeah. Right? There's three of, of, of us boys in my family. I have two brothers. I moved away when I was 18. I never really went back just to visit for a while. One of those brothers is Sister Ginger's dear old dad. But I remember going home and I, my dad would say, he'd go to the garage to look for something. And he would always call out someone's name. It was either David or Roger has used my extension cord and never brought it back. He's used my vice grips or my channel locks and they've never brought them back. I didn't get blamed for that because I was too far away. I got to get blamed for it. I wasn't even there. But here's the deal. I, now I am beginning to live that. I was working on something the other day. Do I have any tin snips? No. So-and-so has those. Do I have? I hear you, Brother Larry. <laughs> well, maybe I have some channel locks. No. So-and-so has those. So I'm beginning to live the easy street life. There. But we're all in here this for survival. We all are here today because we want to go to heaven. Don't we? All of us want to go to heaven. None of us want to be lost. None of us want to want to die and burn in, in hell and in torment and in the lake of fire forever and ever. And I believe that if I if the Bible says that these places do exist, so I believe they exist. So I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to be cast into the lake of fire. I don't want to be lost. I want to be in paradise with the Lord. I want to, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to that marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. I want to drink the nectar of the gods. Dr. Pepper's going to be there. I just believe it is. You can't have 23 flavors and all of them be bad. Something's got to be good here. I had a boss years ago, pastor years ago. He was a heavy set guy. And uh, let me tell you something. Just because somebody's heavy set doesn't mean that they're not athletes. All right? I thought I could whip this guy in racquetball. And he got in the middle of the racquetball court. And I'm 23 years old. And he just took me to town. He just completely obliterated me. He didn't even hardly move. He just stayed there in the middle of the court. And. One day I asked him, I said, hey, so we, then we went to this suit shop, and I said, hey, so-and-so, what, what size waist do you have? He says, none of your business. Amen. Don't say that. So while he was in another suit store, he had a pair of pants hanging up on the hanger, and I was sitting in the back seat. So you know the pants have tags on them, right? He had a 50 waist, all right? He could hit a golf ball 300 yards. Fabulous. He was an athlete. But I want to go to heaven. I want to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb because most people eat to live. I live to eat. I like eating. I want to be there. I want to see everybody there. We all want to go to heaven. We all want to make it. But in this life, we have an adversary, the devil, who is trying to keep us away. He is trying to keep us out. He is trying to discourage us. He is trying to destroy us. He's trying to take us out. And guess what? If you are fighting a battle, you are in the will of God. 
If you are fighting a battle right now, you are in the will of God. If you fought a battle last week, but you may be in a a nice resting area right now, you're in the will of God. Because guess what? We go from glory to glory and faith to faith. You can't always be in the battle. When soldiers are active duty and when they're on the battlefront, they rotate them in and out because they cannot take combat all the time. And the Lord is not going to put any more on you than what you are able to bear. The Bible says that. Has anybody ever read that in the Bible? It's in there. He will also make a way of escape for you. Amen? Jesus went through warfare as well. I'm continuing with our thought today on how we got here. How in the name of God did I get here? Has anybody ever asked that question? How in the world did we get to this point in our lives? I see people and I know people. People come into church and people go out of church. They come in the kingdom and they go out of the kingdom. I've seen this for 35 years. They just come in, some come in, then some leave, and some come in, and it's just on and on. And I see people who were once in the kingdom standing in funeral homes beside caskets. Caskets of a loved one. Maybe caskets of a child. And tears running down their faces, and they say, Pastor, I don't know how we got here. And then suddenly they say, well, we should have stayed in church. Because, listen, you're going to be much better off fighting the battle in the church than you are leaving the church and trying to fight the battle without the church. You're going to be much better fighting the battle if you have brothers and sisters around that can pray with you and can be with you and can talk to you and can give you strength and encouragement than if you try to do this by yourself. Amen. The kingdom wasn't made for lone rangers, Tonto. It was made for men and women to submit themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ and for him to put his spirit on us and in us and his blood on us. And then we fight together. Amen. So let's talk about warfare today. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he endured and suffered and dealt with warfare. We're going to the book of Luke, chapter number 4. The book of Luke, chapter number 4, verse number 1 says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now this is the New Living Translation. So Jesus is full of the Spirit of God, number one, because he was God. He was the Spirit of God, and he had it inside of his body. Where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days, Jesus ate nothing at all, or uh, nothing all that time, and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, change this stone into a loaf of bread. Now, let me tell you something. If the devil questioned Jesus... And made Jesus try to doubt, he is going to try to make you doubt. Okay? Let me tell you this. The devil's playbook is about four or five plays. That's all it is. It's very simple. When you learn his pattern, you got his, you got his number. And you don't have to be afraid of the devil. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. You don't have to be afraid of the devil. So the devil wants to make Jesus doubt who he is 
And he said, if you are the son of God, turn this rock, this stone, into a loaf of bread. I can somewhat, not all the way, but I can associate with what Jesus might have been feeling there. I was on a three-day fast, and I was in Houston, Texas, and I took my buddy to work, George Newman, at Fingers Furniture. Mark, you remember Fingers Furniture? Down there, on right there by the Astrodome. So I pull into the parking lot, and there is a bread truck. I mean, you know how big a bread truck is? That whole loaf of bread was as big as that truck. My buddy George got out and went to work, and I just sat there for about 20 minutes fasting, looking at that bread. Jesus, and I, I was just in a, in a three-day fast. Now imagine 40. If I'd have been in 40 days, I probably would have tried to eat the tires. I'd been gnawing the tires on that truck. Amy, you remember when we came home from working downtown and we drove, took the back way because we didn't want to hit traffic, and we went right by the Bunny Bread Bakery. You know, you know that smell. Amen? And I'm trying to fast. Oh, Lord Jesus. Come on. But the devil's going to make you doubt and say, you don't really have the Holy Ghost. You say, well, that's not fair, devil, because I know I have the Holy Ghost. The devil doesn't fight fair. There's going to be good stuff in this sermon today, so I hope that you remember it, write it down, go back and look at the archive or do something. The devil is not going to fight fair. The devil is not going to fight by the rules. He is going to fight any way he can. He's going to make you doubt. He's going to make you try to forget about what the Lord has said. Some of you have received prophecies about what the Lord wants to do in your lives and what the Lord is going to do for you. And the devil turns around and begins to attack you and says, that's not going to happen. Well, the devil's a liar. He's just testing to see if your faith is strong enough to kick him out and say, no, I'm not even entertaining your accusation. I'm kicking you out because guess what? The Lord said, this is the word he gave me, and I'm going to stick to it. All right, well, that's good anyhow. So Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. What do, uh, do I see here? Number one, Jesus used the word. You've got to get the word in you and learn the word if you're going to be a victorious Christian over the devil. Let me tell you something. The devil knows the word. Because the dark side, the spirit side, the light side, the spiritual realm of which we are just closely associated with, but we're not there right now because we're stuck in this physical body, the spiritual world lives by the rule of law of the Word of God. So if the, if the Word says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, the devil knows that in actuality, no weapon formed against you can prosper. But what he will do is he will come at your battlefield, which is between your ears. He will come to your mind and he will say, I'm going to take you out. And he is going to see if you are going to give that thought the time of day and the sunlight of, of fear and doubt and moisture and water for that little thought to begin to take a root. Oh, this is good stuff, whether you like it or not. This is good. The devil doesn't like it. He's stinking 
And we stinking don't care. the Holy Ghost with you. Everywhere you go, I got angels with me. Psalm 34, verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fears him and delivers them. Huh? Right? Why, who, why should I worry? Why should I be afraid? So the devil drops that thought in your mind because he wants to see if there's a weak moment that you have not put the word in your life to kick that thought out. You know, there was a little boy one day standing in the field. He's having a bad day. He was having struggles and troubles. And one bird was flying over. And he was so low. That he looked up at the bird and he said, go ahead. Everybody else have it. You know it's a low day when you're telling the birds, go ahead. One bird in the big sky. A good friend of mine, a good friend of mine, <laughs> please do not put this, it's not hate speech, all right? A good friend of mine is African-American. We've been friends for 30 years, 35 years, 30 years. Today he has no hair. He lives in Stockton, California. He's one of the pastors at that big church out there in Stockton. But back in the 70s, he had a big old afro. And he grew up in New Orleans. And he said one day, he said one day, I think they, he was going somewhere for his mom. He loved his mom. His, he and his mom were very close. And he said, so I went and left the house, and it was, the neighborhood they grew up in was basically downtown New Orleans, and he went to this shop to get something, and he said, right before I walked in the shop, he said, a pigeon. Defecated. All over my ass. He said, do you know how discouraging that was? Time for a haircut. I said all that to say this. The devil wants to see what frame of mind you're in. Because the battlefield that the enemy is going to use is your, your head, your mind, your thinking. And if he can pull your thoughts down and see a weak area, then he's going to throw a thought in there. And if that thought can wedge in there and leave an opening, then the sunlight can get in and begin to germinate that thought that maybe God is not going to help me in this situation. When the Lord explicitly sent a preacher to tell you and prophesy, I mean, it doesn't always happen like that. It could be happening right now while this pastor is trying to tell you that guess what? God has everything under control in your life. He knows your beginning from your ending and your ending from your beginning. He knew you before you were born. He already 
already laid out in your book of destiny, every plan, every event, every happening in your life. And he wants to see you succeed, and he knows the devil's going to try to tear you down. But I just want you to remember one thing today, that the devil is a liar, and if you put the word of God in your life, you will be able to kick that thought out and say, not today, Satan. You are not putting that thought in my mind today. Give the Lord some praise. That's pretty good. How many of you feel like they, the, that you have special attention from the devil? Because it seems like he's always there. Always. Every time you turn your head, he's there. He's there when they try to cheat you at Walmart. He's there when, when somebody fills up with gas and you're, you're behind him trying to fill up and you're on a time schedule. And they're they going to pay the attendant. And they get out and they're in a walker. You older folks remember this. You remember Tim Conway and Carol Burnett? And they walk to, up to the counter to pay the attendant while you're on a time frame. you got 14 places to be 10 minutes ago. And they're going to shuffle their feet up to the attendant to pay for the gas and then come all the way back. And you got to be 13 places. Are you kidding me? What in the world is happening here? Ginger was with me the other day. Somebody was with me the other day, and I pulled up to the intersection, road rage intersection. I wasn't even there. It was another intersection, and they just kept waving at me. And I had just pulled up, and I just kept on going. Thank you, Jesus. God's given us favor. The devil's going to see if he can trick you. He's going to see. But guess what? If he tempted Jesus, he's going to tempt you. If he tempted Jesus, he's going to tempt you. So you're doing okay, all right? Don't get discouraged because the devil's always fighting you. If the devil's fighting you, that means you must be doing something right. If the devil's trying to slow you down, you are doing something right. If the devil's trying to discourage you, you are doing something right. If the devil's trying to take you out, you are doing something right. Amen? Come on now, pastor. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. We're just one. Moment in time. I thought I had somebody help me, but no. Carlita, did you help me? I'm sorry I didn't hear you. Huh? I will give you the glory of all these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. Number one, where did he get them from? He stole them from Adam and Eve. He's trying to deal in stolen goods. That's a crime. The devil's a criminal. Amen? I will give it all to you if you will worship me. That's what the devil wants. He just wants you to worship him. He wants you to kick out on God and go worship him. And then be lost forever and ever and ever. You see, the devil's not worried about the person who is not here today because they were drunk all night last night and they're puking all day today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Why would you do that to yourself? I hate people. Does anybody like people? Babies do because they puke and then they smile. You ever seen them? They just puke all over everything and then they just smile. Oh, that felt so good. It is true. 
I'll never forget. Listen, I thank the Lord for my strong stomach because I can eat just about anything. And it usually all stays down. I went 19 years without puking. Number one, I knew how long it was because the last time I puked, the Lord was judging me. Because there was a sister in my old church that said, they said, oh, she's sick at home tonight. She she couldn't come to church because she's sick. And I said, she ain't sick. She's just lazy. Listen, guys, I was just like 16 or 17. You got to give me a break. I wouldn't say that now because I learned my lesson. Well, I left church that night. I, I was all King Hosho. I was righteous and holy and everything. And I went home. That's before we had restaurants where we lived. Amen. So I went home and, and I had me two hot dogs with raw sauerkraut and mustard on them. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Mitchell. All right. So. He's had chaplets for two days, and he don't ever remember that. So I got it. So, but you know what? What I, what I washed him down with, Sister Peg? Uh-uh. Cranberry juice. What was I thinking? I think it's pretty good, man. I, I, I sucked them down, boy. They were so good. I went to bed, and everything was good. Listen. Listen, not only do I have a strong stomach, but I am a heavy sleeper. I can sleep through it a lot. But when my eyes flew open at 3 a.m. and I felt it coming, I was wide awake. Now, we, we lived in a trailer, right? I jump out of bed, and I'm running down the hall because we had this one bathroom. Running down the hall, and it just starts coming out, and I'm just like this. And I get to the toilet, Tim, and my head's hanging in the toilet. And while I'm puking my guts out, the Lord says, let's see if you ever judge again. So I knew the last time I puked was when the Lord judged me, and that was 19 years ago. At that point, that's been about another 10 years from now. No, it's been about 15 or 20. I haven't puked another 15 or 20 years. So that's awesome. Right? But it's like, goodness and and so you're there and the lord was judging me and you're you're throwing up and you don't like to throw up and you don't like all this stuff coming to you and the devil wants to say i want to tell you something if you'll just fall down and worship me i'll give you everything that i have the devil wants to try to turn you inside out and make you throw up on God and make you give up on God. And the devil is saying this. Jesus replied, what did he say? The scriptures say. The scriptures say. See, we don't have to come up with our own eloquence. We don't have to come up with our own formula of success. We don't have to sit down and write a dogma and say, this is what I need to say and this is how I need to say it. No, just simply use the word of God. God wants you to be victorious. God wants you to be powerful. And he says, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. But the devil wants to get you out of here. You're the devil's biggest threat. Not the guy that's puking right now. You know somewhere around the world somebody's puking. Think about it. 
The person that's not here, the devil has. The person that doesn't go to the kingdom, doesn't go to church, doesn't live for the Lord, he already has them. They're not a threat to him, but you are. Huh? You sure hope you am. You am. You is, sister. You is. You know why? Because you don't do the things you used to do. You don't act the way you used to act. You're trying to live for the Lord the best that you can. You're sitting with all your friends right now, Sister Pat. All of them. And not one of them's giving you a bit of trouble in this service, are they? They're not distracting you. They're not passing you a note. Who says that? Well, you got closer friends. I mean, Sister Pat's out here in the middle of the Mojave Desert. She's out here by her, all by yourself. Yeah. You see, the devil is not afraid of them. He has them. That's why the devil comes to you with a wrecking ball and tries to destroy everything you put together all your life. All of it. That's why the devil is trying to destroy your confidence in God. That's why the devil is trying to destroy your confidence in the word. You come to church and you don't even feel God. Oh, I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm digging in somebody's garden right now. You haven't felt God in a long time. You pray and nothing happens. You give and nothing changes. But God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you a nation. I'm going to give you a seed. And then he didn't talk to him for 24 years. I'm going to make you the father of many nations and didn't talk to him for 24 years. But the Bible says that Abraham believed God. If God said it, I believe it. We have something today that Abraham didn't have. We have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. First and second Corinthians. Megan, you're singing that song you learned in school right now. You're singing the books of the Bible in school right now. Isn't that awesome? You go to, go to school and learn to sing the books of the Bible. Isn't that awesome? Amen. Thank God for good parents. It just sent you to a good Christian school, Megan. Amen. Just thank them. Lord, thank you for great parents. Thank you for my great dad. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for my great mom. Amen. Yes. Yes. Always remember that, Megan, when you're signing my health care plan. Amen. Remember how good I was. Hallelujah. And the devil's going to bring a wrecking ball after you because you are a bigger threat than anything else. You are the threat the devil hates. You are the threat the devil is trying to take out. I wish I could just get you to believe that today. I wish I could get you to believe that you really are a threat to the devil. You really turn him inside out. Every time you get up and say, we're going to church today. Every time you bring all those kids. Every time you bring all those kids. those kids you went from zero to two mercy that picture you showed me the other day of you pulling in the high chair zach he just he, he he's just he didn't like it 
He did not like the six you taking. He didn't like that day. And I thought, this ain't even crazy. But the Lord knows that you guys are tough enough to take a one-year-old and a two-year-old. He knows that you got what it takes. And the devil's mad because there's two souls that that enemy's not going to get. There's two children that the enemy is not going to destroy. There's two enemies that aren't going to be racked by drugs in their lives. There's two, there's two boys that aren't going to be racked by addiction in their lives. Why? Because we're going to get up and go to the house of the Lord. And Dan and Carly, you're going to find out as they get older, they're going to be sleepy. You're, you're, real, you're extra sleepy on Sunday morning. How is it that we can get up and go to school and go to work at 6.30 and 7, Monday through Friday, but my Lord, on Sunday morning, it's 8.30 and I just can't get up. I just want to sleep in. When I was youth pastor, man, they wouldn't bring them to church because they wouldn't let their kids sleep in. Guess what? Their kids aren't even in church now. But there were also parents that said, get up, we're going to church. And they drag them in. Hallelujah. Caitlin, just keep dragging those kids to church. Just keep getting them here. Just keep bringing them here. Amen. When Gabby says, my belly hurts, come on, we'll go get a healing. And when Gallia screams, Lord, it's taped to you. This is just, she's just praising you, Lord. She don't know how to talk yet, so she's just going to go, ah. And you can understand her, Lord, you can make it. Why? You just keep bringing them to church and bringing them to church and keep coming to church and keep coming to church. Hallelujah. Because you don't know because those boys may be walking on five continents and in 27 countries one day. They may be sitting there at a Holy Ghost rally and see 100,000 people get the Holy Ghost in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. Are you seeing what I'm saying? The devil's a liar and you're a threat to him. And he's going to lie to try to get you weak. And he's going to lie to try to pull you down and he's going to lie to try to get you to stop running this race but I'm telling you the Bible says that he that endureth unto the end he that endureth unto the end the same shall be saved alright let's get back to our lesson verse 9 the devil takes him to Jerusalem to the highest point of the temple and he says if you're the son of God jump off the devil's going to try to try to have you question your identity. You're a blood-bought child of God. Worse than that, you're a threat to the enemy. Let me, let me tell you something. If you can't, if you can't, if I can't get to you and the devil's fighting you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, you're going to call me and I'm going to say, Put me on speaker. Put me on speaker. The pastor won't be put on speaker because I want those devils to hear me when I pray. And I'm going to proceed to take off praying. Because I'm not worried about the devil. Amen. I'm not worried about the devil. I was sitting in my family room the other night watching a football game. Everybody else had went to bed, and something shot through the center of my family room. Like a missile. And I looked over at the wall behind the TV, and nothing was there. 
you better not be trespassing in here, bro. We're going to have trouble because this is Holy Ghost property. This is tongue-talking property. And I look down, and on the corner, the edge of the TV stand is a tree frog. stop the recording. I don't want this to go out on the internet. I have more trouble with that tree frog than I do a devil. Yeah. Marcus, who do I get to empty the pool skimmers when there's frogs in it? Marcus. Yeah, go get Marcus, would you go empty the pool skimmer? Somebody say, why, Dad, is there frogs in it? Yeah, that's right, Dad. I don't like frogs. I don't like to grab them because they're going to pee on me and I'll get warts. It's just a situation I have. Yeah, and I sit there and just look at that frog on that TV stand for 20 minutes. How am I going to get him out? Lord, help me. Everybody else was in bed. Like I said, if it would have been a demon, I could take care of that demon right then. So I got some paper towels, and I decided I'm going to fold it over a couple of them, and I'm going to come at him with a crease on that way. And when he goes to jump, I'm going to grab him with the paper towels. And then I'm going to go over to the door, and, and I'm going to open it and just throw the paper towel and the frog at him again. And I'm not going out there till morning. And it worked. And he squealed and urinated all over that paper towel. And I said, thank you, Jesus. It's not all in my hands. Amen. And it, we worked it. It worked. But the devil's going to try to intimidate you. He's going to try to tell you and, uh, and try to get you to identify that you're not part of God's kingdom. And you're blood washed, Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name, tongue talking. Oh, tongue talking. That's one of the signs of a believer. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. That's what he said, didn't it? He said, if you're the son of God, jump off of here. For the scriptures say, now you see the devil knows the scriptures. And he brings the scriptures to the Lord and he says, for the, the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect and guard you. And they will hold you up in their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And what did Jesus do? Did he call somebody? Did he use a call a friend? Did he use a lifeline? What did he do? Did he fall apart and say, oh, devil, I can't. This is the third time you've come to me, and I just can't, I just can't deal with you anymore. Just, just go ahead. Just take my kids. Just take my family. Just take everything. Oh, just, just leave me alone. That's what you, some of you guys are doing. You need to shut up. Shut up. Get a hold of yourself. Get a hold of yourself. Get it together, man. Come on. What did Jesus do? He quoted the scriptures. He said the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God.
just testing you. He's seeing what you're made out of. He's seeing if you can handle the fight. He's seeing if you really say who you say you are. He's really seeing if when you put that little cross necklace on, if you really are a Christian. You've got, this, you've got the symbol, but do you have the substance? Do you really have what it takes? When you put on that T-shirt that says Jesus, he wants to know, are you really for Jesus or not for Jesus? When he turns up the heat, he wants to know, can he take it? Can Tim take the heat? He don't ever say anything, so the devil never knows because Tim never talks. But we got Tim talking in Hawaii. We got him confessing and believing and everything else. Amen. He's even proclaiming freedom, aren't you? Liberty. Amen. He's proclaiming it. Yeah. And so the devil just wants to know if you've got what it takes. He just wants to know if you're willing to stay in there and fight a little bit. It's easy to tuck your tail and run, but you're always defeated. It's easy to, to, never, uh, to never finish something. Some of us have started something and we never finish. And you start something and you never finish. And you start something and you never finish. And the Lord says you can finish this. The Lord says you can make it. You know what, Dylan? You can make it. You got all these kids. You can still make it. You don't have as many as I got, so hurry up. He's shaking his head yes. Haley's going no. We'll just pray for Haley, you know. We'll just pray that she just has him in the hospital, in a delivery room, instead of on a chopper pad. Amen. Can you make it? Can you keep living for God? Can you finish the race? The Lord says, you don't test me. Now, look at, look at this, Luke 4, 13. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. The devil left him. If you hold out long enough, you can whip the devil. You hold out long enough, you can outlast the devil. You can outlast the devil if you just keep standing. You don't have to have anything magical happen. What happened here today when that song hit is people begin to meld with that song and say, I've got to have the blood of Jesus in my life. I've got to have the blood of Jesus in my life. You know what? The most powerful thing on the face of the earth and in this universe is not a nuclear bomb. It is not the Chinese army. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. For it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. Hallelujah! The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. What seems my doubts? Uh huh. Some of you need to put the blood on your worry and in your doubts. If you can't remember this message today, I want you to go home and get some red food coloring and some water, and I want you to put it in a jar. I want you to fill the jar halfway up with the water, and I want you to put red food coloring in it until it's blood red. And I want you to just set it on your counter. And every day you walk into your kitchen, because you know we walk into the kitchen every day. 
I walk in the kitchen multiple times a day. I'm looking for something. I walk to the refrigerator all the time. The only one that beats me more is Caitlin. Every 20 minutes, she's eating something. I need. I, it don't look like it. I know. You think? Tapeworm? Okay, we'll pray about that. Could be a tapeworm. We'll have to call the worm squad. Amen. Put that jar on your counter, and every time you walk in that kitchen, you see that blood red jar, and you'll think of the blood of Jesus. Amen. You got to have the blood of Jesus in your life. And if you let the blood of Jesus work in your life, you will be victorious. If you let the blood of Jesus work in your life, you see, it soothes all my doubts and it calms all of my fears. So why don't we let it do it? Because I've got to have it here and I've got to fix it right here and I've got to have control. But when you're free falling, wasn't that a song too? It works in, in the kingdom too. Sometimes you've got to just free fall in Jesus. And you've got to let Jesus and trust him to catch you. And you've got to let him just catch you when you're free falling. You gotta let Jesus catch you. Johnny calls me up and says, Hey, wanna go on a three day fast? I said, No, my God, Johnny, you gotta give me a week or two to work up to this. I said, When did you start thinking about it? He said, Well, I just woke up this morning, so I just started three day fast. I said, Oh my Lord, I can't do that. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have a long runway. Before I can take off and do a three-day fast. I said, that, that takes a lot for me. Free falling. It soothes all my doubts and it calms all of my fears. When you say I'm so afraid, the devil hears your words. When you say I can't, the devil hears your words. When you say I'm worried, the devil hears your words. When you start acting out, the devil starts hearing your words and seeing your actions. And he's going to know that you're not trusting in the blood of Jesus. You see, Jesus was in the wilderness all by himself. Forty days and forty nights. He was there sleeping amongst the rocks and the wild beasts and tossing and turning. He wasn't eating. He wasn't drinking. And there was a fight going on. Why was this fight going on? Because there was getting ready to be a birthing of a ministry that he was going to walk into a synagogue. Hallelujah. And there was going to be a young man in that synagogue who had a devil. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that Jesus, when the, the devil threw the young man in the midst of the synagogue and there was yelling and screaming, and Jesus said, hold your peace. And he simply said, come out of him. The Bible says he came out from that very hour. You mean there's demons in church? Yeah, they came to church. Yeah, it's in there. It's in your Bible. It's like Prego. It's in there. Read it. It's in there. Look at Job chapter number one, back in the Old Testament, when Job and all the sons of man came, or the sons of men came to present themselves in the, before the Lord God in his presence. And guess who came in with the sons of men? Satan. The Lord looked at him and said, where are you coming from? Uh, I've been walking to and fro upon the earth, looking for people who 
You know, I'm looking for people that I can tempt. And the Lord says, talk, what about Job? What about Job? But you see, there's a ministry about to be birthed. And the devil left him until the next opportunity. Now look at this next one, Matthew 4.11, one of my most favorite scriptures. And then the devil leaves him. Behold, angels came and ministered to him. You don't realize how close the angels are to each and every one of you. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. I'm letting you out early. Remember that. Johnny keeps you long. I let you out early. Amen. You don't realize that you're, you, when you get in your car and you're fighting a battle and you're still winning, you haven't given up, angels are in your, in your car. Angels are following you. Pastor, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I tell you what, if you're struggling, the best place for you to struggle is come up here to this front area and struggle right up here. You hearing that? Come on up here and struggle right here. The devil doesn't want you right up here. You know why I had you pray with each other today? Because I want, I want everywhere. I want prayer in this house. We want prayer happening in this house. We want prayer going on in this house for each other. Amen. Amen. If you go through the battle, the first place you need to, I don't even care what you think. I don't even care if you are worried about it. I want you to be rude. Okay? I want you to be rude. So if you come in here and sit by Veronica. Now, Veronica, she talks to me once in a while. She's talking today? She's not talking today. All right. But I'm used to it, right? I'm used to it, right? No? Okay. Okay. If she's struggling, I don't want her to stay back here and struggle. I want her to do this. I want her to come up here and get her batteries charged. I want her to come here and get a renewing, a refilling. I want her to come in here and get more power of the Holy Ghost in her life. I want her to come in here and go right to the front and say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. And we're going to pray for you until you get victory. We're going to pray for you until strength comes into you. We're going to pray for you until it happens. Amen? Amen? I love watching Haley and Dylan come on up here right there. There they come, bringing all those kids. Amen? Bringing all those kids. They're going to have to buy one of those big transports. I'm going to tell you guys, here's what's going to happen. You have one more kid, and you're going to be knocked out of about 80% of the vehicles they make. You're going to have to get a minivan. You're going to have to get a bus. Amen. You keep having lots of kids. You're going to have to get one of those double-deckers from London. Amen. And Dylan will be downstairs driving, and Haley will be up on top. Dylan will have all those kids he's watching down below, and Haley will be watching all those kids up on top. Amen. Where are we going? We're going to Sunday school. You see what I'm saying? You come up here. This is where you get your strength, right here. This is where you get your power, right here. Get into the presence of the Lord. The devil's lying to you. The devil says you can't make it. The devil wants you to question who you are. The devil wants you to forget about everything the Lord has done for you and get you worrying and get you fretting and get you, uh, oh, you just get all stirred up and everything else. That's the, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. Amen. Yeah, not that key, Sam. No, no. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. 
This is where you come to get strength. This is where you come to get your healing. This is where you come to get your fill up. You fill up on Sunday, that takes you to Wednesday. You get back here on Wednesday, you get filled up again. That takes you on to Sunday again. Amen. If you're in between and you're running low, you call me. You text me. You call, text a sister over here. You text a brother or sister say, I need prayer. I need prayer. Pray for me right now. I need help. I need strength. Because what we want to do is we want to come up beside you and help you do it. We want to come up beside you and help you carry the load. You don't need to carry this by yourself. This doesn't have to happen by yourself. No, 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 no. We're not in this for by ourselves. We're in it for each other. Amen. Can we have a song?
Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for every man and woman in this house. I pray, God, that what was said here today will be an encouragement to them. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that the spirit of revelation begins to open up over each of us. That spirit of revelation begins to open up and we see, God, what you want to do in our lives and the power of the blood that you have given to us to overcome sin, to overcome the accusations of the enemy, to overcome the lies of the enemy. And that, Lord, we walk from this place with confidence that I can make it another week. I can make it another day. I can make it through this trial. I can make it through this battle. I can be victorious. I can have power in my life. I can see my family saved. I can see my children touched by the glory of the Lord. I can see God miracle after miracle. I can start a legacy. Lord, I pray that there are legacies started in this church. Legacies of Holy Ghost filled men and women. Generation after generation after generation. Legacies, Lord, of parents and then grandparents and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and great-grandparents. A legacy of the name of Jesus. A legacy of living for you. A legacy of walking in the power of the Spirit. I just pray, Lord, right now that that would be settled in each of our lives. Settled, Lord. And let us take the words that you have spoken, not just today, but words of encouragement and prophetic words from the past. And God, you will cement them in our spirit and in our heart. And when the enemy comes to doubt, and when the enemy comes to throw us into fear, and when the enemy comes to throw us into circumstances, that, Lord, that word will be brought back up. And we can use that word to say, no, this is what the Lord said. The devil, this is going to happen. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Or say it like you mean it. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a high praise today, would you? Give him, Lord, a raucous praise now. Give the Lord a raucous praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So guess what? You're in a warfare. Jesus went through warfare. So you're in the will of God. All right? 
you're, Jesus encountered temptations and situations. You're encountering temptations and situations. You're in the will of God. Jesus used the word. You're going to have to use the word. Amen? You're going to have to use the word against the enemy. But you can do this. Amen? Turn high five two people and say, you can make it. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this.